0: Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia, we're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. Get some nanotubes in bacteria and the results can be surprising. Now nanotubes are a wonder material when you make them out of graphene, and they can do many things, but when you combine them with living cells, well, it gets even more amazing. And that's what research has been doing, pairing up nanotubes with living cells and making them work together. For things like imaging, but even perhaps making things like solar cells. If you want to look at something, then generally you need light to illuminate and provide the bounce back images and reflections to our eyes for us to process, or to sensors for that matter, to do the same thing. Even if it's not visible light, maybe it's infrared light, you still need some way to transmit and carry that mechanism, that beam of light to your target. Sometimes in the cases of particle accelerators like the synchrotron here in Australia, you accelerate photons at incredibly high speeds and throw them into objects in order to take really amazing images of them, see detail that you couldn't see before and capture it in pretty amazing ways. Now that's on a big scale. On a smaller scale, you'll probably be more familiar with perhaps optical fiber. This is often used to deliver internet to houses or to residential and commercial locations. This optical fiber basically uses the principle of total internal reflection to bounce around light inside a tube and thus transmit light, and in that way, data for the internet, say, in telecommunications, incredibly long distances with really little attenuation in the signal. Way better than trying to send it via the air, via the radio waves, and way less noisy than all other kinds of mechanisms you could think of. In that case, with fiber optic tubes, we're bouncing light around inside tube to get from one end to the other. That's a pretty cool property of light and a tube. And in this case, we're going to talk about both the two things together using a tube structure to get light in and out of a location, but actually also using it not only for imaging, but another pretty important power of light the ability of light to be converted into electricity. And we're not talking about it on the big scale, we're talking about it on a really, really small scale. In terms of putting really tiny tubes, nanotubes in this case, inside of another really small thing, bacteria. And an end result, creating almost living photovoltaic cells using the power of carbon nanotubes. Now this research was published in the journal Nature Nanotechnology. Lead author on this paper was Alessandra Anottucci, along with a list of researchers at the Ecole Polytechnique Federal de la Sion in Switzerland. Now of this work was done under the direction of the lab of Professor Artemis Bogahosian and her team has been diving into this topic of trying to use nanotubes and combining them with all kinds of different living cells. Now, nanotubes are pretty amazing things to begin with. Well, you basically take a sheet of graphene with this nice, neat structure, and then roll it up into a hollow tube that are just precisely one atom thick. Now, when you do this, you make a tube with some pretty incredibly strong mechanical properties, What with the fact that graphene as a single one-dimensional layer is really strong too. If you then turn that into a three-dimensional structure by wrapping it around, you make a tube that is three-dimensional but also has retaining a lot of those properties, at least in tension of that original graphene layer. It's a pretty handy and amazing piece of nanoscience and not only do you get mechanical properties out of this as well but like we talked about with tubes before you can get some pretty interesting optical properties out of them too shining light through or bouncing it around inside of these tubes basically acting like we talked about the optical fiber cables now single board carbon nanotubes are are pretty amazing but It's not enough just to have this cool little mechanical property thing that we can have in a dish or maybe insert it into a metal. And that's why Boko research is trying to apply this into living cells, grafting these in one way or another to interact with and give us information of or improve the structures of living cells. Now, this could be all kinds of things like putting nanotubes inside mammalian cells What you can do with mammalian cells because they use endocytosis, basically a process of external material being absorbed into a cell by being surrounded by the external membrane and then sort of sucked inside. And in that way, you can actually bring carbon nanotubes and other structures into animal cells or mammalian cells. And that is pretty cool because then you have this material inside of a cell. So not only do you have a super amazing material here, but now you're putting it inside of a living thing. And that could be used to do some pretty amazing imaging techniques on mammalian cells, which is what the research team has done in the past. For example, putting these single walled carbon nanotubes into mammalian cells so you can monitor the metabolisms using near-infrared imaging. So seeing what's happening inside the cell externally, is pretty amazing to think about, but also getting really, really precise images of what's occurring inside the cell now you also have a large long tube which can also be used to deliver therapeutic drugs to not just a cell on the exterior but actually inside the cell to where exactly inside of the cell you want it to go to now that's in mammalian cells the way that these carbon tubes have been used before by this research group and others but there's more you can do with them as well because you could use the same thing in plant cells say to deliver targets for genome editing You could put them into living mice to show the way you could use the single wall carbon nanotubes ability to transmit light to be able to take really precise biological images of deep inside tissue inside the body, which is otherwise incredibly difficult to capture inside a living creature, anyway. So, this is examples of why you'd want to put carbon nanotubes into something, but the actual how of doing that in, say, a bacteria is way harder because bacteria have much harder and thicker cells and they don't actually have on their boundaries the ability to perform endocytosis where they can absorb and engulf in an external object and suck it inside. So there's a lot of things stopping you from using this technique on bacteria. But as we've talked about, there are some pretty amazing things you can do with it. So how did the research team overcome this? Now the trick is to actually convince the bacteria that they want to interact with these carbon nanotubes and you can do this by making the bacteria pretty attracted to the carbon nanotubes themselves. If you take the carbon nanotube and coat the outside in positively charged proteins that makes them pretty attractive in a physical sense to the actual bacteria themselves because the bacteria have a negative charge on the bacteria's outer membrane and when the carbon nanotubes are positively charged with proteins on the external part of it, well, these two things attract each other and it means that the bacteria can get drawn to, or rather the tubes can get drawn to the bacteria or vice versa. And what they looked at were two types of bacteria in this study. Cyanobacteria and nostoc and they're all part of the cyanobacteria file. It's an enormous group of bacteria that all do pretty amazing different things but primarily they get their energy through photosynthesis like plants and that's a pretty handy property. They also are gram negative. That basically means that their cell wall is really thin and they also have basically as a result of that an additional outer membrane. Now other types of bacteria don't have this but these properties make it pretty interesting because you can edit and modify and play with these to help bring in this process of taking in these carbon nanotubes spontaneously. Now if you have the right coatings on these bacteria what they saw with even the two different types of bacteria they're investigating the unicellular synacotasis and the long, snake-like, but multicellular, Nostoc, they both were able to spontaneously take up and process these single walled carbon nanotubes. So then, that clearly shows that they can be, as long as they're coated correctly, absorbed into the bacteria, and absorbed spontaneously, not directed. That makes it a pretty useful way to get the carbon nanotubes in. But then, what could you do with them? once the researchers have proven that they could get the bacteria to adopt the carbon nanotubes and they could take pictures or images really because if you could image a cyanobacteria like they had done with mammalian cells it would be pretty amazing they used near infrared fluorescence that they could get and they get that actually inside of the bacteria themselves when the nanotubes are inside the bacteria you could see them really really clearly This is pretty amazing because the nanotubes actually provide huge amounts more illumination. Now the bacteria themselves actually emit their own light, but because the nanotubes can carry light in the near-infrared, you get a really clear and really, really stable image, giving the researchers the ability to see inside the bacteria in ways that just physically was not possible before. The nanotubes basically carry and give off a light that no natural living material gives off, at least not at those wavelengths. And that makes those nanotubes really stand out in the cells. They also showed that the bacteria that had these nanotubes inserted in them, when the bacteria divide and produce their offspring, well, actually, they also divide the nanotubes so you have an inherited process where basically the offspring Of the original generation inherit that properties of those nanotubes inside them they carry with them or literally because they're splitting they carry the nanotubes with them this is pretty cool because they're actually showing inherited properties of nanotubes being passed from one generation to the next now that makes it a really amazing trick now it's not easily seen in say mammalian cells but definitely in types of bacteria cells you can see that property taking place now the important part is that these bacteria as we talked about before produce photos Energy through photosynthesis, which means they love light, and different types of bacteria can be used to produce charge, positive energy as a result of c- taking in that sunlight. And now you have a tube, a tube that can be used to carry and transmit light. So, what happens if you try and turn this into a photovoltaic photo- 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 photo cell? Well, that's what researchers like Melania regente as part of that research team, were diving into because you could use this nanobacteria almost like a living photovoltaic cell. And because these are pretty amazing organisms, you could do some pretty neat stuff. Now the bacteria getting the light carried to them directly through these carbon nanotubes make them incredibly efficient and actually harnessing that energy. They're getting delivered way more of that light directly to where it needs to go, which in turn makes the bacteria's ability to photosynthesize way more efficient and effective. Now, depending on the type of bacteria that you can get, you can get some bacteria that can produce electricity as a result of that process of absorbing the light. And you could use this with a bit of DNA and genetic engineering to make bacteria which have, through a synthetic process, absorbed in nanotubes that can produce electricity just by absorbing light. And that's not too far-fetched. There are literally many bacteria that do this process. We're not talking about science fiction here. Now, the trick is, of course, always scale and how easily this scales up. But with the right cyanobacteria, which a lot of people are actively looking at and researching, uh, you could make some pretty amazing things. In this case, you would be able to be producing electricity without the need for all kinds of special nanoparticle additives. And you could also do this without all intensive chemical or carbon dioxide emissions needed to create the photovoltaic in the first place. You're just using cyanobacteria, which are also doing CO2 sequestration and absorption as part of the photosynthesis process. So it's a huge win if it can be made to work. But the problem is, of course, how you scale it up. You still need to find a way to get huge amounts of graphene, wrap them up and produce the carbon nanotubes, and then get them absorbed efficiently into the bacteria. But as a proof of concept for using carbon nanotubes as a way to enhance the already existing and explored topic of bacteria producing electricity, this is a pretty neat and amazing trick. It's a great way to think about harnessing something that is present in our world, bacteria, and getting them to work better or smarter in uh, ways that would actually benefit us. In this case, producing electricity and sequestering carbon. And bacteria have been producing things that we are relying on today. Our atmosphere that we breathe is only thanks to bacteria that produced all the oxygen and gas composition that we need in order to survive. Without that, we wouldn't have any oxygen for us to breathe in our air. So we only have a habitable planet thanks to things like bacteria. And perhaps with correct genetic engineering, smart chemistry, and nanoscience, we can actually create new ways for bacteria to contribute to the planet in ways, shape, and change it that's big picture stuff and really far-fetched. But it shows the benefit of using living cells and also the power of techniques being combined, biological systems here and nanoscience and really chemistry actually working hand in hand. The way to apply nanotubes and graphene, concepts that we are getting more and more familiar with and using them to enhance some properties of some amazing materials and, and bacteria and actually getting them to produce and tackle big engineering challenges in our world like climate change and how to produce renewable energy efficiently and cleanly. This is some great work published in the journal Nature Nanotechnology. Lead author, was Sandra Anotucci, along with others from the Ecole Polytechnique Federal de Les This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, La Green Inserting nanotubes into living cells and bacteria, and how using that to help image and also produce electricity with this wonder materials. Our ending theme was composed by Audionatics. Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the young scientists of Australia.